Hello, New York. You're listening to a new edition of Queer State of Mind live on Radio Free Brooklyn. Coming up on the program, we're joined by Andrew Ronan from Queens Pride. He's here to kick off our Summer of Pride with all you need to know about the festival happening in Jackson Heights next week. Plus, filmmaker Noni Lawal talks to us about her experiences and the movies she wrote that's screening here in Brooklyn next week for Pride. So let's go. It's time for Brunch Y'all, and it's time for Queer State of Mind live on Radio Free Brooklyn. Live on Radio Free Brooklyn, New York City's home for LGBTQ news and talk powered by the Queer Minded Radio Network. Join the conversation live on Twitter at QSOMNYC and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Queer State of Mind. And send us your news tips, announcements, and events to Queer State of Mind NYC at gmail.com. Hello, New York. You're listening to a new edition of Queer State of Mind live on Radio Free Brooklyn. Hey, how y'all doing? Hi. How's it going? How's it going? We've got a full Great. house today in the studio. I'm Ori Given. Thanks for joining us for this wonderful kickoff to our Pride season, even though it's technically Memorial Day weekend, but you know, we we doing it. We doing yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, also, we have in the studio Miss Justin Blakey, who's also helped me run an aboard today. How you doing? Hey. Yes. And we have Miss Sadu Karma. How you doing? I'm great. All right. And we have two special guests in the studio. Our guest co-host, Noni Lawal. Hey. Hello. And also co-chair for Queen's Pride, Andrew Ronan. Thanks for joining us on Queer State of Mind. My pleasure. So let's get to the tea, y'all. We're going to talk about the weekend because it's the weekend. You know, it's cookout season. Everybody getting ready to get their barbecues on. What y'all do last weekend? I know I had a fabulous last weekend. I'm going to shout out some people in just a moment. But what y'all do? What y'all get into? I've been busy planning Pride. So busy planning Pride. Yeah. Oh, I bet it's it's a it's a busy time, but it's almost over. And later on in the show, we are going to talk all about Queens Pride. Some of you might not even know there was a Queens Pride festival. I didn't know per se, but we're gonna learn all about it. We're gonna find out what's going on, and they have a special, awesome performer that's gonna be there that y'all all should know about. Well, we'll tell them later, girl. Okay, we'll tell okay, them okay. later. So Sadu and I, I know we had a fun weekend last weekend. Oh, we got honey. our entire lives. We went to, my friend was performing at the Monster. You know, I said, oh, I'll go to the Monster. Why not? I've never really been to the Monster in a while. Baby, I got my life. Like, the DJ was amazing. I danced my ass off. It was good. Yeah, really, really good. I haven't heard music like that it at a club like, yeah. in a minute. I like was they sweating. was playing the old tracks. We was popping it and dropping it. Just was on the floor. Were you able to pick it back up? Is the question. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah, Do I, I did go down one time. I, I, I dipped it a few times, but it was next to a pole. Yeah, and right. I you know, support. <laughs> yeah. support. Yes, yes. Or when you back on the wall, you know, you get yes. it in, but you got to make sure that you don't fall over. I ain't about that yeah. life, honey. Right. I well, you know, now that we have to stretch first. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. I we're actually, not talking about that, no. It's still hilarious. The next yes. day, I felt it. Like, I felt it in my whole body. I thought I had went to the gym, and I don't Girl, go to the gym. It was It was. So, yeah, shout out to Monster Bar and that wonderful Saturday party. See what happens when we do these things it. sober. It's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's how we did it back. How did we do Oh, yeah. I don't, well, I don't necessarily say I was sober. Well, you know. But I mean, that, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. in sober, comparison. Sober. <laughs> Ooh, sober, I didn't just put too much. Not of, liquor, honey. Yeah, I just sober. put too much of my business out there. So, Miss Nani, what did you do last weekend? What was your weekend going on? I know you're busy promoting all kinds of stuff. Yeah. My my um, film Alibi, which is a psychological psychological thriller, um, is having a couple of screenings. So yeah. I'm really kind of creating 
um, publicity and getting materials ready for the screening. Um, you know, it's a big one. The so, business stuff. So international things. Yes. Yes. She's been traveling, doing. Yes. No, we're gonna learn all about her production company and the films that are just getting all kinds of accolades all over the yeah. place. <laughs> Amazing. I'm gonna go to the club to, on Friday. I'm gonna go to, but you got work to do. Yeah. You know, you got work to do. It yes, happens. You gotta start writing that story about the African boy from Liberia who ended up in Brooklyn doing a radio show. You is dumb. I can't. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's gonna be a short film. Oh, oh, you tried it. Oh, I did it uh, and succeeded. She has, uh, she has to cover 30 years of my life as long as I've been on the earth. So, series. <laughs> a saga, an a epic saga, saga. Oh, called Carmo. Oh. <laughs> oh. Who would you cast to play you? Me. <laughs> She's like, I need work. Right, you know, he, he's been playing that role for years. Absolutely. Who's gonna yeah, play me uh, Fantasia played herself. You know, she did play herself. Well, in is that because she couldn't read the script? Is that why? Oh, oh. Well, that's the thing. She, but I didn't I didn't know that she played herself. I mean, she yeah. did in a Lifetime original movie. Uh-huh. Nellie Cole played herself in her movie. Well, she did. Yeah. Rest her soul. There you go. See. You could do um, it. You could do it. I would come watch Pryor played herself, Carmel. more or less. <laughs> and JoJo did for Your Life is Calling. see someone else kind of try to... Embody you. you. Know, did my essence. Yeah. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you're the filmmaker, honey. I would trust you. Well, I'll be looking at him like, no. That is not how you do that. So you can combine five, six, no, seven, nine. And you want to you want you want to cast somebody that's gonna like be like your you know like the person that you know. If I was gonna cast a movie about me, they would be much finer and much more cut than I am. Like because that's the image I would about. protect. No, honey, they're gonna, get, they're gonna have this piece of uh, uh, this skinny fat, these titties. They're gonna have all of this, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's beautiful. Uh, uh, it sure is to yeah. somebody. When you cast a movie. Um, you're not looking for a replica of what the person looks like. At yeah. least from my experience. Mm. You need an actor that embodies the person mm-hmm. and sort of um, reflects the soul of the person. That makes yeah. sense. That's Absolutely. more important than just getting a knockoff lookalike. Yeah. No, it would be good um, to get an actor, though, because, yeah. you know, that's the job. It's yeah. to, you know, to bring out that thing. Yeah. Right. In Have you. you watched um, the Mandela movie with Idris Elba? I haven't. I no, haven't seen it. It yeah. looks nothing like Mandela, but he was... Fabulous. I'm like, wow. So he just had the essence of yeah. that. Yeah. Like, gotcha. like you see Mandela in him, and I'm like, how is that possible? They don't even look alike. Right. Uh, well, let's hold the whistle down. Does we'll the same see. Thing. We'll, we'll hold, I think it would be fun just to hold the screenings or the 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 castings. You know. <laughs> you know, I'd be trying to touch everybody. I know you, you, you would. You do. All the Q and A's. Oh, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> honey. I'll be like, hey. hey, hey. So, how are you? any of y'all ride the Q? <laughs> I, no. No. Well, Nobody. you know, I. I did ride the queue every now and then. Sometimes. Well, here's the thing: I'm not, I'm so rarely in Astoria, or on, I don't go to Lower Manhattan because I get lost. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. I'm like, and why? You know, the street, it's like a weird triangle that like goes into. It's each not even other. a triangle. It's I don't know. It's it's like a MC Escher trapezoidal type <laughs> deal. I don't even know. It, I don't even know how to describe it. In other words, it's fucked up. Yeah, that's a what little it is, bit. So. A little bit. So the MTA announced this week that they're going to be reviving the old W line, which is going to take the place of the Q in Queens, I believe. And then the Q is going to be traveling up that mythical, magical Second Avenue line that apparently mm-hmm. is going to be opening in November. Of what? Quote, quote. Huh? <laughs> November of what? I'm sorry. This year, apparently. 
Allegedly, that's what the MTA Ooh. said, according to the MTA. Well, here, yeah, because you know, <laughs> really, thing, according well, to a press you know, release because the they MTA. fucked themselves over and they put out the map that had all these new changes on it and say, oh, okay, so we're doing now. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I mean, once you put, you can't put milk back in the bottle now. Yeah, right, you already leaked it. It's already right. out. It's oh, already out. Of leakage. Ooh, what? No. no. Ooh, I don't. No. Even, I don't even want to know. I don't even know. Let's continue this topic. <laughs> so I like one of the things that annoyed me like this weekend our trains are horrible coming out of my neighborhood and that's always like it's just one of those situations where the queue is usually like the lifeline that takes us into yeah. Manhattan because it's quick and they shut it down this weekend so I'm kind of mad and then we only have the two and the two just runs like a snail and so that's my that's my MTA rant for the day but yeah so I guess that's going to be starting um, you know will any of those changes affect you will you ride the new W train no, no. don't even go to that area I, really. I don't even know who lives down there <laughs> I don't know her I don't, I don't know off the her. W. Yeah. No. Well, you, well, you know, like on your um your Facebook feed, and you get the, you know, on this day feed, right, right, that popped up a couple days ago, because I, I was on the last W train. I took a picture of it, oh. and it put on, and it popped up on my Facebook feed. I'm like, There's oh, a W train? Yeah, like the the there it was. used to be a W train. It I, used to be the NQRW. Yeah, I mean, so it's, what's it called now? NQ and yeah, they they suspended it because of budget cuts in what twenty ten. But look, I, like I've just been happy because I've I don't seen know that the, date exactly. um, the Phantom Train, honey, mm-hmm. the Z, the Z. Train. <laughs> baby. No. I have a picture yeah. of the Z Train. It's Phantom yeah. Train. <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen it one time. Yeah, that's it. One time. That's it. Yeah, one time. The Z runs with a J. Yeah, on yeah. rush hour. But you never see the Z Train. There's only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally yeah. only one. <laughs> yeah, people like go crazy. Oh, yeah. so it just goes back. It just goes back and forth. Bless its heart. Yeah, once it's... a day. <laughs> oh, there's oh, literally one <laughs> time. But I'm the only one. Yes. Ooh, nice. A singular sensation. No, oh. <laughs> Every little step she takes. Yes. So, we sitting here in this studio, right? Mm-hmm. Baking. Absolutely hot. It is absolutely hot outside. I don't want to complain about the heat because I love the heat, but I don't know. I don't know if I can handle another like hot ass New York City summer. I I don't okay. I don't mind the heat. I hate mm-hmm. cold. Yeah, like it makes me angry. Like <laughs> I, I don't even thinking about it, it makes me angry. Yeah, when cast makes, that in the movie. You know, <laughs> you know some winter yeah. some winter shots. Awful. Like I can deal with the heat, although look, my room is hot now. Because I don't, have, you know, I don't have no air conditioning in there, so you know I can't have no trade above 190 pounds, Sonny. It's too hot. We can't be rolling around. <laughs> you can't have trade at all. Like you know, you can't work no. up any fiction. Up, like, <laughs> it's like you know what? Just, just, just stay in the corner yeah. and jack off. I like, I'm just, <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I'm like, sweetie, I'm gonna catch you about September, right? October. Yeah. But you can't come here in the I summer. I actually had a dude one time. I was like, no, I can't come over your apartment because you don't have air conditioner. Oh no, no, no! Rightfully like, so. Absolutely. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, well, it's like after you walked to get to this apartment and you on a train. Oh, there is nothing like when a hookup comes to you and like they have walked from. From the train in the summer and they're just like so sweaty like it's just kind of uh, anyway that's that's happening yeah. before and it's kind of weird like i did yeah. that's not even worse compared to someone coming to your place and waking up alcohol and saying oh can i brush my teeth oh what uh, 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 girl what type of train you don't have that <laughs> never you know underestimate what? the trade we're not even gonna talk about trade horror stories because yeah i am sure we could fill a whole show been, i have been some girl's horror you have a whole montage of trade horror stories oh god yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it could be a musical say do no my life does not deserve to be a musical it should it has a happy ending does it 
I'm letting I'm putting it out there so you can have a happy ending. Okay. Ooh, I'm trying, you see the shady shit here. Y'all are silly. Okay, so we're gonna play some music, y'all. But before we go, it is Memorial Day weekend. We all know about the cookouts, right? I'm curious yes. to know what is your favorite cookout food and your least favorite cookout food? Oh, what's we'll up? Favorite cookout food? Favorite? Yes. Do you have any specifics about your barbecue chicken? Like, yeah, I like it well made. Yeah. <laughs> barbecue sauce all around it. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 That's Justin, honey. Yeah. Yes. I do. It's, I like it better than ketchup. Mm-hmm. You know what? My favorite is going to shock you. My favorite um, cookout food is greens. Like okay. Lots of like smoked turkey and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And not my least favorite, but depending on who brings it. Because, you know, there's always a side eye. Potato salad? No, honey, no, no. Baked no, no. beans? No, no. Devil eggs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know. You, know, you never know. You're like, bitch, oh, I just made these. I lo- look at the recipe. You're like, mm-mm. mm-mm. It has to be from Helen, not from Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not even from Helen. <laughs> deviled eggs are a thing. Like, one, deviled egg, anything I, about that has mayonnaise in it, I'm really particular about. And like, like I was at the bodega the other day, and the mayonnaise looked suspect. I didn't even put it on my sandwich. Like, it's just some. I love mayonnaise based stuff, but I'm afraid that like I'll get like whatever you get when you eat bad mayonnaise. So I'm really, really picky. Skinny girl, right? That's all yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? Put some more mayonnaise on that toast. Uh, the the the, the yeah. bacteria diet. <laughs> I'm a I'm a ribs fan. I ribs, mean, yeah. A dry rub. Ribs, just nice falling off the bone oh, yeah. ribs. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then anything Jello salad just scares me. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. don't understand Jello. Jello what the hell is that? Sal- like Neptune it's... salad or like ambrosia. Are, or like are you all like those like things. the ham salad or? Uh, I love a ham salad. I, I ain't gonna lie. It was pork. <laughs> <laughs> pork. Anyway. Pork. Okay. Um, I'm a ribs person. Love ribs. Yes, she does. Y'all know that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Ribs. I don't like potato salad. Yeah, I said it. I mean, that's okay. I only like specific, like specific potato salad. Like, I like my potato salad to have some flavor. I like to be chunky. Seasoning. Seasoning. I'll, I'll make right. some for you. I make a good potato salad. My now. greens. I'll, the only like it's very rare that I eat anybody greens. Like, my dad makes the best greens. Like, hands down, he's been making them like since I was before I was even alive. And he won't show me the recipe and teach me how to make them. It's that kind of recipe. It makes like a day and like he'd be seasoning well, a secret. Gre- greens are always best the next day. Mm-hmm. Because so all like, them juices. Well, you know, because I don't make my greens with water, honey. I don't put my recipe on, on here because people don't steal my No, people shit. do, yeah. But you know. Because he's stolen a couple recipes in his day, too. I hey. have never stolen a recipe. I have adjusted it to fit my cooking. <laughs> my taste. You know, well, you know, you get a good recipe from the internet or whatever, and it's like, well, you just no. need. Oh, you mean other people's recipes, like other people's personal recipes? You well, yes, I've just made it better. Oh, oh, see. Rude. You, you know, can't. pork chop better on my recipe. You know, uh-uh. You know. It's true. Yes, I have stolen the recipe. <laughs> I will say it out loud now. Yes, I have. That's a shame. All right, so before we get to this musical break, we're starting a new segment here on Queer State of Mind, honoring our wonderful vocal talents. And the first one is somebody who's very, very, very big in the dance pride world. So, Sadie, tell us a little about our first vocal Masters. master. Yes. So, I started this little thing on Facebook daily called Vocal Masters because I'm tired of people putting up bad singers who they thought sang. So I'm like, okay, well, or it was like, let's do it uh, on air. So, yeah, so the first one is Miss Martha Walsh. 
Yes. Uh, because she is the dance diva. Uh, she is the dance diva, if you don't know who she is. And that's crazy if you don't know who she is. She actually, uh, she sang in a gospel choir for a while. You know, they had several recordings when she was younger, late teen years, early 20s. Um, and then um, her, along with Izora Rhodes, um, they auditioned for Sylvester. And Sylvester is the famous LGBT singer. Oh. Okay. And he would be featured later, too, because yes. he's a vocal master. Yes. Um, and they became Two Tons of Fun. Okay. They had it. That was the name. It was Sylvester and Two Tons of Fun because he wanted two big women. Yeah. And they have hits like You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, Disco Heat, They Remade You Are My Friend. Uh, 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 do you want to fuck? I mean, it did the bad. Bring way. me a man for yeah. Christmas. Yes. Oh, yeah. But when they became really famous, her and Izora was in um, 80s when they did It's Raining Men. Yeah. And they said, hi, we're your Weber girls. They actually are not called the Weber girls. Their right. real name is Two Tons of Fun. So right. that's a bit of trivia. Well, if you ever, yeah. If you ever don't want to lose something. People always attribute that song to the well, Weber girls, which two, doesn't exist. Yes, the Two Tons of Fun. Uh, she also became famous because she she sued for people using her voice during Strike It Up. CNC Music CNC Factory. Music Factory. I mean, she had a lot of dance hits in the 90s and yeah. the 80s. Everybody, and everybody. She oh, is yeah. responsible for having singers who sing the part. Like in front of the camera, yeah. camera, because they were using her voice and putting skinny models on it, and she yeah. was just she just got powerful mad. woman, and she just got mad about it. Uh -huh. and, I mean, she was very smart because in her lawsuit, she got the right to sing all those songs whenever she wants to. Yeah, yeah, you know. And she is a vocal master. She is what you consider a soprano by trade, and like to me, the greatest house singer. Yeah, when of you, all time. When we, you think of that. Dance is a house singer. Yeah. You know, we don't have Pepper Mache and we don't have Alternate, but she is like, had that power, that vocal house. That's where, you know, Martha Walsh was the one I brought that in. And it's the know? same live. Like, you yeah. see the clips of her live performing right. and the track. Like, it's it. she sounds just the same. Like, yeah, she was our headliner two years ago and she was phenomenal. Uh, Dang, I wish I was here yeah. two yeah. years ago. <laughs> I'd have checked that out. All so, right, well, we're going to have some of the vocal master, Miss Martha Walsh, coming up right here on Queer State of Mind. And this is Martha Walsh. We are reporting to you live from our weather center. Baby, the stuffing got heavy. Honey, just when you thought it was safe to go back outside, bam, the, the sequel. sequel. Yeah, baby. Honey, I thought you knew, girl. <laughs> what sort?
You're listening to Queer State of Mind, New York City's home for queer people of color to gather and talk. Stay connected with all the tea and more. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash queerstateofmind and follow us on Twitter at QSOMNYC. Welcome back to Queer State of Mind live on Radio Free Brooklyn. So our next guest, we are getting all up into Pride. It's time for Pride season, and we are happy to be joined by Andrew Ronan, who is co-chair of Queen's Pride. Now, y'all might not have known that there's festivals all over the tri-state area celebrating Pride, and Queen's is the first. They're kicking it off next week, Sunday, June 5th, in Jackson Heights. So thanks so much for joining us on Queer State of Mind, Andrew. My pleasure. That's right. Pride starts in Queens. Yes, as it should. As it should. should. (laughs) So, you know, let's get to the basics. 
When did Queen's Pride start? How long has it been going on? This is our 24th parade and festival. Lord. I feel tardy for the party. (laughs) Starting back in 1993, Mm -hmm. it was founded by a gentleman who's now city council member Daniel Drum in response to two different incidences. Uh, One, a hate crime in the neighborhood, Jackson Heights, where a young man was murdered at 78th Street and 37th Avenue. And also in response to the Children of the Rainbow curriculum, which was two pages in a book meant for city schools that talked about same-sex parents and the uproar that it caused and how it kind of, the pushback the LGBT community got. So then Daniel Drum, now Councilmember Drum, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to show that there are LGBT people everywhere. We're not just in the West Village where we, we live right next to you, where your neighbors, your sons, your daughters, your teachers your dentist, what, you know, we're here, we're queer, you know who we are, and now we're going to have a parade about it. Yes, so yes, I love that. And one of the things that, you know, people have been saying about Queen's Pride is it's really community-focused. And, and tell us a little bit about kind of what that means and why, you know, after 25 years, it still kind of remained a very community-centric event. Yeah, it certainly grew out of its own grassroots movement, and it stuck true to that. All of our festival booths, I mean, we certainly have the sausage and peppers and the mm-hmm. tube socks and all that, but then along the right side there is all the different community-based organizations mm-hmm. that are doing outreach and trying to educate to the, the cohort that they are trying to reach, um, resources and, and stuff like that. And it just it's really something the community has come to own mm-hmm. and that we look at as ours. And so the parade also includes, like, the community board marches on our parade and, yeah. and volunteer groups from all over and people who just want to march join, and it's a lot of fun. It keeps it really local and really close to who we are. That's that's awesome to hear. And I think with the Pride Festivals, a lot of people are talking about how, you know, they become so commercial and, you know, how you have to pay fifty, seventy five, a hundred dollars to a ticket for one event mm-hmm. and how they tend to be inaccessible to a lot of people. How accessible is Queen's Pride? Our festival remains free mm-hmm. and, and open. Um and you know, we make a little bit of money off the, the booze and it just goes right back into the organization mm-hmm. and right back into making sure we have a great event for everybody. Uh, we fundraise throughout the year. We have one major fundraiser every year in, in January. It's called Winter Pride. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll let you know when it's coming up. Yes. Hope to see you there. Yes. Um, and, and the rest is is funding we get from the city of New York and just kind-hearted people who want to see this parade and festival continue. Awesome. So everything is on Sunday, June 5th, correct? Or are there more well, events throughout the week? There's actually, we do the kickoff to Pride in Queens okay. on, uh, on June 2nd, which is Thursday evening. Um, at Studio Square in Long Island City. So it's just a fun time to come hang out. There's usually drink specials. This year we're benefiting the Tyler Clemente Foundation. Nice. Um, and we cut a big ribbon, and, and usually there's some sort of basketball game going on on the giant screen above us, and then afterwards is rock and roll karaoke. So it's a nice way to just to start the month, and then we head right into the parade and festival on Sunday, June 5th. Awesome. And yeah. um, for those of you that might know, Tyler, might not know, Tyler Clemente was the young man that um, I believe took his own life on the mm-hmm. bridge. Um, yep. He was a yes. student a few years ago based um, after some some bullying and hazing had right. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool that you're supporting that foundation, especially in this kind of climate. So what are people going to get when they come to Jackson Heights? What's the festival like? What's going? What are we going to see? Well, it starts with a parade that steps off at noon. Uh-huh. Um, our grand marshals this year are Jessica Stern and Outright International, a group that does LGBT organizing uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the AIDS Center of Queens County, known as ACQC, who have been in Queens for 30 years working with HIV and AIDS issues and has been a longtime supporter of Queens Pride, are also a grand marshal. Councilmember Jalissa Ferreris Copeland, who's a councilmember for District 21, which represents Corona, will be there. She just recently uh, hosted an LGBT prom for kids who couldn't have one of their own in their oh, neighborhoods nice. last week. So we're looking forward to having her. Just been informed that uh, First Lady Shirley McRae is going to be marching with oh, us. Oh, nice. It's really exciting to see her with us. Um, and then groups from all over everywhere and uh, are coming. I'm really looking forward to this year. We have the B- Batala. It's a woman's uh, drumming group, a Brazilian drumming group oh. that'll be in the parade. And the Big Apple Corps will be there with their big brass band and um, just a lot of fun. Takes us down to the festival at 75th Street. 
which is from 37th Avenue to Roosevelt Avenue. Any booth you can imagine is going to be there. Uh, yes. Lots of free giveaways, lots of fun stuff to do. Make sure to stop by the Queen's Pride booth and buy a T-shirt because that's how we support our events. Yes. Um, and our main stage features performances from at least 1 p.m. until 6. Our headliner this year is Crystal Waters. We're Ooh, very much looking forward to her. Oh, so, yes. So, and that'll be, that'll be a lot, a lot of fun. Yep. That is awesome. We're definitely big fans of Crystal Waters. I think she's one of those yes. iconic like dance artists. Dance yep. artists, honey. Yes, yes. So, you know, tell me a little bit about Jackson Heights because there's kind of an LGBT kind of enclave that's in that oh, area. It's it's a hot spot. There, a box, honey. There, <laughs> there's been an LGBT community in Jackson Heights going back to the 20s, if not earlier. Yeah. Um, it was sort of the place where back when... You know, theater was king, and, and a lot of the artists lived nearby or getting to Calvin Astoria. This was sort of the neighborhood where a lot of folks would go and get that their drink makes on. Sense, yeah. And uh, and it's grown out of that um, over the years. It's it's evolved. Um, it's a heavily Latin community now, and and the bars there certainly have that flavor to them. There's evolution and. Uh, friends and music box and and ombres up the block so i don't think i'm trying to think if i've (laughs) ever gone out like i've definitely been to long island city and i've definitely drank around there but i don't know that i've been to actually oh you haven't done the crawl no there's definitely do a crawl it it is a crawl it is a crawl it's cute yep there's a crawl and a a shout to that a rape a cart that is Ah! a lady (laughs) yeah yeah honey there have been many a night i don't know how i got back but through the grace and the grease <laughs> in his divine I glory. It, I have made it back. And it, it is amazing. Roosevelt Avenue, yeah. any time of night, any time of year, you'll see drag queens and others just walking from bar to bar. And, and everybody has a sense of safety in the neighborhood. Not that we don't have to look no. over our shoulder. Right. But there's still so much a sense of uh, everybody is part of one neighborhood here right. and can yeah. get from one place to the other. people looking for you also, you know. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know it's cute. It's it really cute. I'm gonna have to go get Music my life evolution. Up there. Yeah. 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 I even went to Gentleman's Club that's next door. <laughs> oh, oh wow. yeah. Did you? <laughs> talk about why all these women well, did dress Because so you know, scantily. I was I was a big Escuelita girl, right? You know, I uh-huh. was I uh-huh. love to go and get my uh-huh. you know get my salsa merengue on with the boys, but we don't have Escuelita anymore. So now I'm we have evolution. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not a become a gym now. That's where all the gay clubs becoming gyms left and right. Yeah. Oh. Um, what that place? No parkings now. Planet Fitness. <laughs> Lime. It was always the Planet Fitness. Right? <laughs> Honey, well, you did get a workout. Mm. Um, Lime lights now at David Barton's. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. When, when did it happen that we became more concerned with like being fit than getting drunk? That's I don't understand. That, that's this transition. That's always been... No, there was a balance. It was well, like, well, you work hard to play hard. Like, you're like, you get your body right, get your body tight, and then you go ruin it at the bar. Like, that's how it's been. Like, now it's well, like, Well, to be honest with you, I think it's when gay became mainstream. No. Yeah. I mean, it was always an inside So many thing. problems can be attributed to the mainstream. So once mainstream showed up, it's like, ah! You're like, you know, you can't yeah. say certain things anymore. You're like, ah, really? I think it also applies to transness being mainstream. Yeah. There's this, there's this idea of um, being trans that is very cis-normative. Right. Um, you know, you have to look in a certain way, you have to pass. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, I think all of that has to do with the mainstream mainstream idea. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like you can't get too mad at it because for a while everyone worked towards one what wanted to have to right. be visible and be accepted yeah. within it. But I mean, we just didn't know that, you know, <laughs> it came with this. What, what cost would it come at? Yeah. 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 So yeah. but at the a same byproduct. time, you know, it's good. So it's that eh, double-edged sword. Mm, yes. Because what, what it does 
at least for trans people, is when there's a trans person visible in the media, it's like on YouTube, for instance, like people are looking out for flaws right. that they probably wouldn't look out for when they see a cisgender right. woman right. or a cisgender right. man. You know, so right. it's like it's made them more aware about trans people, but then it's like there's just this stereotype and this shallow expectation. And I think a lot of times people don't get the difference between. I remember being in college and learning the difference between a transsexual, a transvestite, a crossdresser, yeah. a, a drag queen. They're just so they're all, they're all very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people, especially the mainstream, they don't understand the difference. Yeah, yeah. There are some people walking no, around don't. that are not. We don't understand the difference. Yeah. 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 yeah, there are some people walking around that are crossdressers that yeah. are not trans yeah. people. Like, yeah. no, he is just a crossdresser. Yeah. Or he is you not know, a gender transfer. fluid, gender yeah. non-conforming. Yeah. We have yeah. even right. these new yeah. terms that yeah. people are identifying yeah. with. So, yeah. It's always interesting. I think for for people, it's just that trans people, I feel like trans people have to um, define who they are. Oh, absolutely. They have to, you you know, you can't put everyone in a box Mm -hmm. and say that, oh, it's either you're this or you're that. Um, You know, some people, and I guess it's also about this old uh, bathroom bathroom issue. Oh, yeah. Because people, (laughs) you know, you you mentioned about... um, there's a difference between um, cross-dresser and transgender, yeah. which is true. But the reason why we have this old bathroom debate is because a lot of people just see trans women as cross-dressers. Mm-hmm. Interesting, mm-hmm. right? Well, they yeah. do. They deny, they deny yeah. womanhood. When you, look, when you look at their argument, that's all it's about. You're just right. going to put on a dress. Yeah. I'm like, but... I'm like, uh, you to been protect using, young girls. You've been yeah, using, right. you, to protect the young girls. You've been girl. using bathroom of trans people and gay mm-hmm. people for your whole life. Why? It's like, really? Now you're going to stand there? And, like, and here's my issue. How are we... Okay, let's say we have someone at the entrance of every bathroom. How are you going to identify who's trans and who's not? Because some people, it might be easy for you to identify some. Are we going to do a genital inspection? You know what I mean? Like, just thinking about all that makes you realize how absurd it is. You know what? Even what makes it more absurd, the people who have really, like, gotten the brunt end of the stick when it comes to the bathroom thing are the lesbians. (laughs) Or no, actually, it's... Like women, the gender that, non-conforming yeah. people, and women, right. that women, and like I mean, women, like yeah. especially like lesbians who are more masculine looking, yeah. they have yeah, been getting the real end of the yeah, stick right. like yeah. really bad. I was like, no, trans people don't look yeah. like a butch lesbian. No, no. right. <laughs> what it's like, honestly, it's all, it's and some do, and some do. So it's all ignorance. Like yeah. you know, trans people come in all shapes, shades, form variations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they you see a trans person, some. You might know because of the expectations that we place on, you know, attaining cis normativity. Mm-hmm. Some you may not know, and it's it's not just with trans people, even cisgender people. Right, everyone looks different. Mm-hmm. I've heard about cisgender people getting clocked as trans because yep. oh, yeah. they have no. massive oh, yeah. attributes. Oh yeah, so it just it, makes you realize. I mean, overall, it's just a, it's a push to dehumanize yeah, a certain group of people and, and further marginalize. Absolutely, you know, yeah. policing gender. Yeah. Insane. It doesn't make any it sense. Doesn't. And it really, I think, you know, it looks, it, to me, it seems like it's just distracting from a, a different, you know, yeah. thing I mean, that we I should be say, looking at. Like I said, since it became mainstream and everything, it's like, I always go by the rule. If you don't like it, don't 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 talk yeah. to the person. Mm-hmm. Just leave them alone. Yeah. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But you don't have to do anything to make that person's life hell. Right. Why right. are they not exploring the idea of what would happen if every trans person uses the bathroom of the gender they were assigned at birth? 
Every trans person. There was that huge picture campaign um, with people, you know, that were obviously presenting one way. And they kind of explore the idea. You might have. The They're not ones, thinking like that. Oh, no, just, that's no. too deep. Orly's <laughs> doing that. Orly's going. Yes. It is not Shakira. Is that her name, Shakira? Yeah. She's following her. It's an election year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's right. kind of the whole thing. It's, it's like, this is something it, to rile It's going to go away next year. It's an election yeah. year. You got to have something to satisfy the people here. You got to mm-hmm. have some. It's an election year. So, Absolutely. unfortunately, I hate to say it because what happens is once you start to get put in the forefront of something, like when you had the gay cisgender people at the forefront, you got a lot of shit. So now trans people are more visible. So mm-hmm. like right. now you get the shit. Yeah, you know. So I mean that's that's what I said. That's that give and take. Mm-hmm. That's that double edged sword. It's like mm-hmm. great, we're visible, but then we're out there. Then it comes with all of that. It's just like how the Caitlyn Jenner story. Oh yeah. And we have some discussed that too. A lot of people. Yeah. Um, no matter what you think about Caitlyn Jenner, it no, helped, no. It we, helped, it helped we talk me about to get this, to this we, point where we, I am. It yeah. helped a lot of people. It did a lot of because it was yeah. a very it's a visible good riveting um, two hour special mm-hmm. that changed my life and yeah. so many other people that had no idea what it means to be trans and probably had right. trans kids and it kind of gave them perspective. Yeah. Um, so that did a lot, but then even though it did a lot. <laughs> then you know the other way people now know about trans people the way that it is and then that sort of creates a problem because it's like this you know I always uh, tell uh, I said this before um, about to people who are trying to understand trans people sometimes I say you can sometimes see there are different types of trans people there are trans people who were gay men yeah. who identify women and there are trans people who were just women yeah. they're very different mm-hmm. just, they're not the same yeah. They're not the same yeah. person. Yeah. That's what I say. A Caitlyn Jenner and a Candace Kane is not the same person. Completely different. No. They're yeah. completely different mindset, how they came up, how everything worked with them, yeah. how the experience was. You know, it, this is yeah. like, yeah. I like, so it's, they're not walking the same path. Yeah, there are trans people who identified as cisgender male before they crossed over, and the trans people who identified as cisgender gay male yeah. before they crossed over and yeah. vice versa for the yeah. um, FTMs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so... And then even individually, we all have our different stories and different... We transition differently. There's no one way to transition. It's not, oh, I hear there's this, you know. You just have to listen to it. But I think everybody's journey is going to be personal, whether you're figuring out your gender identity or your sexuality or the combination of those two. You know, it's it's a personal journey that everybody makes. And there's a big trans uh, community at the Queen's Pride. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always very... Huge. I find out that in the old Pride that I've been to, the the transness or the T is always... Excluded. Oh, or maybe not here. Yeah, not, not here. It's not, not in Queens. Not in Queens. Yeah. Yeah. That's always yeah. been the most trans. Queens actually is the most trans. trans, trans pride, yeah, it is, and it's a lot of international trans too. And mm-hmm. I've always yeah. noticed that it's very been trans positive without having to say, "Oh, look, we're trans." It's like, "Hi, we're people." Right. Exactly. I'm curious. Are there a lot of people of different gender identities that are involved in the planning process on the committee and things like it's that? It's definitely a very diverse committee that that has someone from every possible perspective somehow involved in it. So, and and we really strive to be sure to include, uh, particularly the trans community and, and other communities as they emerge. Yeah. Um, and you'll see the trans flag flying right alongside the the pride flag this year. It'll be. It's. We really make an effort and and welcome everybody and their opinions, ideas, and, and to help us. Form the next one, which will be uh, the, the 25th. Wow. Awesome. Cool. Yes, my favorite 
and shout out, it's always the Latin American floats. <laughs> they are always tacky. They are always my favorite, and they are just. As I do gl- love a good. Fan. They are They're as glamorous and yeah. just flowy, and I'm like, glamorous yes, is the word. You it use. is glamorous. <laughs> it, it, they like you are. They are top of that. Like this is my float. <laughs> Motherfuckers yeah. look at it. And well, right. We have we have a, awards that we give away every year yeah. for like the loudest uh, float, the the best use of color, the best adaptation of it our is. theme. Uh, this year's theme is Pride Unites. Pride unites us. Yeah. Uh, so everybody Aww, and everybody thing. really competes, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I love Queens Pride. It's, it is the most community. Like we're from Ohio, Sorry. and yes. Columbus Pride. Used yeah. And if it, 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 it felt like that, it does not feel like a New York Pride. It mm-hmm. always feels like this is our Pride. This is Queens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is not. Yes, it's a New York Pride, but this is ours, and we're keeping it that way. I mean, that being said, I, I do love the quote-unquote Manhattan Pride. Oh, I'm yeah. Separate because... Yeah, well, I love spectacle. Don't get me wrong. Well, because you know what? It's a show. Yeah. It's New York. We love a parade. Here's yes. the word. We should be happy that we get to make that spectacle. Yes. That's what sure. I love about that. It's a, I love the fact that Queens and Brooklyn Pride exist because I think the Manhattan Pride is not so... Much a community pride per se. It's just that we're gay, yeah, which is great. But they do, and and they've done wonderful work in supporting Queens Pride, uh, NYC Pride supports us, Brooklyn Pride. Pride In the early days, they really helped us learn how to do it. Okay, Uh, and we all have our different identities, but we all, as as colleagues in Pride, get along very well together. But I think that's what's great about like Manhattan Pride. It's what's great about it is the fact that it is now a staple for people who travel come. Yeah, yes. people. Yeah. I'm not branded like they come to see the clowns or whatever, but it's great. It is. There's something good it's about that. It's a parade. That. It's it's so. But I don't think as much it's a celebration of pride as it is here in Queens. You, it's or Brooklyn. It's always a celebration of pride. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's like a black pride. Black pride has nothing to do with pride. It's just a bunch of black people getting together and fucking each other. Oh, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's. We're going to have Black Pride on later on in the summer. Get more depth yeah. on the Black Pride celebration. You're going to have to explain that oh, statement. Oh, I live in D.C. I know what this is. In the District of Columbia. Yeah. So, right. like, so there's no... Well, I think there's... Yeah. It, you have these... These celebrations exist for reasons, yeah. right? Because everybody kind of looks for different things when they're looking for pride. And I think, you know, we have to have these different spaces that cater to these different needs. Some Push. people love the big party thing that you have in Manhattan. Yeah. Question, what is pride? That's my question. So, yeah. I'm not taking away from anything Justin said, but it has to, to be redefined now in this era. It's redefined. Pride, pride it's used to be, I guess, about just being happy with who you are, mm-hmm. where you come from, your history. Mm-hmm. And now that we've come so far, I mean, come think about it. 20 years from now, the, gay, the young gay kids don't know shit right now. No. 20 years from now, they're really, I'm not going to know, know anything. anything. So yeah. they're just going to be happy to just be gay. So that's pride for them. It's like no. It's interesting in in Jackson Heights. uh, There's a large immigrant community from all over the world, and many immigrants, as we know, come here because they face LGBT persecution. Yeah. So they come to Queens Pride, and they feel safe finally in a place where they can. If they can't quite completely express themselves the first year, they can be around someone else who can, and they they grow within within the community that way. So it's it's pride in where you live and community they have to. Yeah, just that power of being yeah. around people that reflect what you see as your identity. Is, in is in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. You don't have to go to Fifth Avenue to see it. Exactly. It's right two blocks away from where you live, and, and it right. makes you feel safe in your home. Yeah. yeah. All right. Before we go on a break, I want you to tell everybody how they can find more information out about Queen's Pride, how they can check it out next week. Sure. Just visit our website at www.queenspride.org. It is not too late to register to march, and I think it's not too late to register for the festival. And if if it is, let me know, and I'll get you in anyway. Um, but we're happy to have everyone come out and join us. And if you're around on June 2nd for our kickoff to Pride in Queens at Studio Square, we'd love to see you there as well. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us. You're going to continue you. and join us for the rest of the show. I think I will. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're having a little bit of fun. We're going to play some music, and we'll be right back here on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're listening to Queer State of Mind. Make sure to take Queer Minded with you wherever you go. Subscribe to our feed at radioqueerminded.com slash QSOM. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and other popular podcast networks. Just search for Radio Queer Minded. Now, let's get back in a queer state of mind.
State of Mind live on Radio Free Brooklyn, New York City's home for LGBTQ news and talk powered by the Queer Minded Radio Network. Join the conversation live on Twitter at QSOMNYC and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Queer State of Mind. And send us your news tips, announcements, and events to Queer State of Mind NYC at gmail.com. <laughs> 
Hello, you're listening to Queer State of Mind live on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're listening to some of our favorite dance tracks, and we'll be back in just a few moments with our interview with Noni Lawal about her movie, Hell or High Water, that's going to be screening in Brooklyn in next week for Pride. So join us for Queer State of Mind for the second half of our show. We'll be back in a moment.
Welcome back to Queer State of Mind, live on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Ori Givens, joined by Sadu and Justin here in the studio. Hey! Hello! All right. For this next hour, half hour, we are going to talk more in depth with our guest co-host, Miss Noni Lawal, who is the CEO of Front Row Pictures, making all kinds of moves in the film industry. Welcome to the show. Yes, it's been great. Y'all were having a really good conversation oh, over the break. Great. I'm she sorry that y'all could not be a part of it. Mother is up here educating yes, kids, honey. Get into, get into this knowledge. Honey, yes. I'm we love the knowledge. Educated, honey. So, first, tell us a little bit about your experience making films. And I know this has kind of been going on through a personal journey that you've been making. And tell me what it's like to be able to make films You know that reflect things about your culture and your identity that you kind of recognize and, and represent? For me, um, I think that um, we go to the movies to to see ourselves or to have a human, to, to experience a human event. Um, and as a LGBT um, identified child, when you see everything represented in the media, in film and TV and print, and it's just about cisgender, heterosexual people, whether you're trans or, 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 or gay. That kind of sends a message to you that you're not invited to the mm-hmm. table or you're not, you're not accepted. You know what I mean? And so for me, it was a big thing to tell LGBT stories. Um, not just because I wanted to create any agenda, but just because it was something... As a filmmaker, you're telling a story f- about what you know. It was mm-hmm. just what I knew. I knew a lot of people with that experience. I knew, you know, a lot of compelling stories about gay people that needed to be told. And for some reason, they weren't being told. When I turn on the TV and there's a gay character, they're always very stereotype, um, horrors, or, you know, whatever. Um, even when they're anything positive, we don't really get deep down to, 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 to understand the character and see the humanity. Mm-hmm. Of these people, they usually like punchlines and and you know secondary, exactly. Secondary. So for me, the whole idea was to, you know, create films that reflect these people, but not necessarily. I'm not trying to make it oh, you're gay and you must accept us kind of movie. No, I'm just making a movie that shows the humanity of these people. They are flawed human beings, but it's like an invitation into their lives to get to know who they really are. They're your brother, they're your sister, they're your friend. You know, they're good people. Did you know? And and that that's exactly what I've been trying to do in my work. I think that's really important. You know, uh, our show is about bringing voices that don't necessarily get heard, and I think it's really important us that those of us that are are kind of in the, I guess that have the privilege and the ability to do this work. You know, it is important to to make sure that the work reflects the communities that have been so long kind of ignored. Mm -hmm. So one of the movies that you have that's going to be screened next week here in Brooklyn is specifically related to the LGBT experience. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Hell or High Water. Tell us a little bit about that movie. Hell or High Water is um, is a story about a, a pastor, a Nigerian pastor who happens to be gay. And my idea with creating the, uh, writing this story was I wanted to write a gay character that um, was not the typical gay characters that the average Nigerians would expect. I wanted them to know that 
it's closer to you than you think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted them to feel like a gay person is not that far away, distant idea that is so... Like this Western barbary. weird you know, construct, so yeah. Because that's where a lot of them look at it. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's you know? very, very right. That's where a lot of them look at it. Africans so, look at it just like I that. I wanted to create mm-hmm. a character that for the first maybe 15 minutes, you don't even get to know that they're gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just make this character who's very relatable um, and very empathetic. And then when you finally see their struggles and what they're going through, I don't know if that's going to convert you, but at least you're going to have a different mindset Mm -hmm. of what it means to be gay. Well, we do know that the more exposure to positive gay role models, positive LGBT role models, people, it does help them to kind of normalize queerness, you know? So this movie is based on a story of a Nigerian pastor. There's a lot of, you know, news about how homosexuality, how LGBT lives are kind of treated in um, certain parts of Africa. Um, How did that idea, I see you waving your hand, so if you want to, you can definitely... um, No, that was like, I like all of it. Oh, okay. That was a a good yes. Sometimes you can't tell if it's like a hold up or a yes. But I'm really interested to know how other Nigerian people responded to viewing this film. A lot of mixed reviews, mm-hmm. a lot of positive one. Um, people don't necessarily mind watching a gay story as long as there's no sex. As long as there's no sex, well, <laughs> as long as they get delivered at the end of the day and they converted by to, to become straight. Oh or yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. so as like they're as saved. As, as long as the end sort of justifies the fact that it's wrong. Uh-huh. They don't understand it as long as it's being made mockery of at all the gay characters. It's like, like that after school life. special when you were too much of a hoe and then you got like a STD exactly. like to teach you a lesson. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So people don't mind that. So what I realized with this trailer is you know, there was a shock that I, because I, I followed a lot of the blogs in Nigeria and the comments, um, which is very interesting because some people were like, I've, I've read people who said, mm, wow, this two minutes trailer kind of just, it's kind of making me look at it differently. Like, okay, mm-hmm. wow. Because then you, in the trailer, you see him struggle. He's married. He's trying to do everything right by society. Um, but you, you can't really run from who you are. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. can't really run from you. Who you are, and that's the whole idea of the film. Mm-hmm. And you've had people saying, oh, no, if he doesn't, if he leaves his mar- uh, marriage for his gay partner, I'm not watching the film. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he doesn't get delivered at the end of the day, I'm not watching the film. So it's interesting um, how those expectations exactly. still kind of weigh um, in on how the film is consumed. Yeah, yeah. But I think that the resistance is just based on the preconceived idea that they have is if they can open their minds to just watch mm-hmm. the film. Just watch the film without any um, preconceived notion. Is You know, you would have... Because I've seen a preview of the film and the actors who are not even gay, I think they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Especially the lead, the actor that acted, the played the pastor mm-hmm. role. I think he did a really great job. You know, like... It, you know, because sometimes someone might want to play a role like that and then they do too much mm-hmm. and they're very patronizing um, without really getting into the, the root of the ca- character and embodying who the person is. You know, the fact that we're trying to say, oh, they're human doesn't doesn't mean that they're perfect. They're flawed. Mm-hmm. They're flawed too. Yeah. You know, and it's very interesting that he was able to sort of embody that. Um, 
in the character. No, I think that we, you know, especially in this whole campaign for like marriage equality, for instance, like we painted LGBT people or as as one way. Like mm-hmm. we were all like we were all just these, you know, nice, good, down to earth people that just want to get married and have the same rights that everyone else does, which is probably true. But there's so many different layers exactly. to our needs and wants as LGBT exactly. LGBTQ people. Yeah. The second hour, so <laughs> it's hard. I, I, yes, a. I, A plus, depending X, on Z. depending. On, ooh, C, you tried it. A. I don't know. Allies. Yeah. Oh. But then there's oh, some, there's some letter? discussion that the A. Oh, the, the A's been there for a while. But the wow. A can either be ally or it can be asexual. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I prefer asexual. I don't think okay. allies need to be. So are we doing? I mean, it's nice we have allies. It's nice to have allies, but they're not, yeah. they're not minorities in that yeah. way. Right. You know what I mean? Not anymore. Yeah, that's 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 kind of true. You don't, you don't get true. discriminated for being an ally. Well, you can, I mean, but not to the same level. But it's not. It's not yeah. visible. Yeah, it's, it's not like a nineteen fifty someone calling you a nigger lover or something like that. Yeah, just, which was a thing. Yeah, that was definitely a thing. I mean, well, and I think they did have that kind of like. But well, they were they they were um, demonized and ostracized at the time, and mm-hmm. you had to have your own straight pride bumper sticker. Yeah, no that's that's true. That is that is that's a whole that's a whole different tangent that we're not going to get on. So, I'm curious um with this film, you're going to be screening it here in Brooklyn. Where is it going to be seen? At the Brooklyn Museum. Okay. We have having um if the screen is free on the 4th of June. We like June, free 99. The door opens <laughs> at 7:30 p.m. Okay. And there's going to be um a panel discussion Q&A after the screening, you know. We want people to watch the film, enjoy the film, but also we want to have a conversation afterwards, you know? Absolutely. Now, how would you, um, like we were saying earlier, there are some, you know, there are conceptions that we have here in the United States about LGBTI rights in the African continent and various different countries have different laws. It's definitely not the same, you know, in every country. Mm -hmm. But speaking in the context of of Nigeria, where would you say, um, I remember when we met, we were actually at a a small party. um, And one of the things that came up was this idea of talking about how, you know, human rights issues are kind of perpetrating in Nigeria. So what would you say about the the climate? In Nigeria, gay rights are not human rights. Yeah. (laughs) To start with. Well, yeah, They're not identified as human rights. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know what I mean? It's, I guess that, a human rights lawyer or a gay activist who's trying to defend a gay person would have to defend them on a humanist level. Mm-hmm. But it's like, then the sexuality is erased. Um, yeah, it's just, Nigeria is hyper-religious. Mm-hmm. Hyper, hyper-religious. Yeah. Like, it's just so surreal. Like, mm-hmm. they're very religious. And when you have a a climate like that that's very religious is very pro- problematic for people it's, who are non-conforming. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where um, people are not seen even as people. People mm-hmm. are not seen as yeah. people. So you got to get them seen as people first. And this is a yeah. lot of time, especially in West Africa. Um, I can only speak Liberians are like half and half, like half Muslim and half Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still like with Islamic-based law and a Christian-based law, it's actually... For the good part, it's an example on how like Islam and Christianity can meet. kind of muse, yeah. infuse. I'm sorry, that's, that's, second that's hour. A lot of things <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's not ever seen as humor. Humor. Yeah. Let yeah. me give you an example. You know that the Caitlyn Jenner show "I Am Kate" mm-hmm. was canceled in Nigeria because people protested. Oh wow! 
Yeah, it, it actually it got protests around the world. Even on network TV, it was yeah. on cable. It was yeah. cable. Yeah. Yeah. Which means just, you, can co- yeah. you can control what your children have okay. access to. So this whole idea of oh, our children, our children are getting corrupted. Mm. Some people are children. It's on cable. And it's not just Nigeria. A lot of the multi-channel operators are. Um, man, that show. So it's not just Nigeria. It's South Africa. It's a couple other countries. Well, yeah, all and then Southeast Asia. Because yeah. it's all connected in the way that, like, um, and you can talk about this too, Justin. The distribution of television. You know, we have rights to distribute television here in the United States, and then whoever is the television provider then sells those rights to distribute that content. Outside of Cyborg, that was really New York of you. You're losing your Ohio accent. What did I say? Distribute. <laughs> Distribute. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> um, so you can't, you know, a, a broadcaster, whether they're a cable operator or the state-run television, will, you know, license the rights to air whatever the content is. So that's why you see a lot of American television outside of the United States. However, not every country has the same broadcasting standards that we do in the United States. And we have some, you know, we have some kind of puritanical standards here, but we can show gay men kissing on television now. We can show same-sex relationships on television now. Well, you have to understand a lot of stations in Africa and some other countries, they run religious, religion Well, absolutely. They're either state-run or they're religion-run. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, it's, it's going to be run by religion. So mm-hmm. if it's not God, like cable TV, this yeah. is not right. The, the, this particular cable TV is it's run by elite South African companies. Okay, uh, it's not even you know what I mean. What, it's not, it's in, not a network. Right. Yeah. They're NBC, literally. Yeah. you know, I mean, they 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 have the Big Brother show where people have sex on TV, mm. and what they did with that is. They censor it so you don't have access to it unless you subscribe for it. Mm, okay. you know ah, I mean? gotcha. So, yeah. Which is fine. Why I get what you mean. So even when you subscribe, subscribe for it, they're not going to show it anyway. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, you remember but when... Subscribe it totally. For me, that's just... Do you remember when we first got, like, Hear TV here in the United States when oh, they launched yeah. the Hear TV for brand? Canada, right? Um, well, it was a, it's a partnership between, there's a Canadian network that is pretty much the same as Hear TV. I think it's Out TV, um, but they're all yes, under yes, the yes. Hear Media. And it was a subscription, no, wasn't it? Yeah, it was subscription-based. And you had to, like, it was not in any digital tier. You had to call and specifically request it. And then the people that you would call, like, you'd call your local cable provider and be like, I want Hear TV. And they'd be like, what is that? And like, well, Hear TV. And then you have to, like, out yourself to explain what Hear TV is and deal with all of that drama. Um, now I think it comes, you know, and now it might be, it's on demand. I think Hear's it's, on demand. And then the logo is still, now aired. Um, Hear TV is still a subscription, but it's a subscription. Um, SVOD, a subscription video on, on demand, demand. Yeah, so. yeah. So basically, you can you subscribe it, you pay a monthly fee, and then you can download the content. But logo in here are also very different. Yes, here and out of very radical. They're yes, like really. Gay. Ooh, you watched some. I remember watching some good stuff on here on demand. Geo Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, what was that good. one show? Oh, there was this one show. Dante's. Uh, yeah, Dante, Dante's yes, Peak. Dante's Peak. Yes, yeah. God. Woo, yes, that gave me my but whole I entire think life. That it was so. Those those channels are very like specifically catering towards gay. Mm-hmm. For me, no shade. Logo caters to straight people who like gays. Yes. Well, it caters to the mainstream gay mainstream audience. gay audience, and they kind like, of go yeah. back and forth on who their target well, demographic that's, is. That's yeah. That's well, also, if you like the Golden Girls, Girls logo is the right. Yeah, they go to. that is the station. Yeah. That yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. and they, I mean, they recognize. I mean, Logo was the network that aired Eurovision, so they definitely like. They recognize their audience, but, but their like, audience you know, it's is like very the niche. Deep, deep, deep gay stuff, you know, gay for gay or you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. is not going to be on. Well, I mean, Dante's Cove was like, sh- like softcore porn. Turning to right now. Ooh, uh, BT. What, what, what? 
are they at this moment? <laughs> DT's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I, it's, it's the branch. It's the same thing with gay people. Mm-hmm. When you come so far as a group of people, you spread out. Mm-hmm. BET has come so far that it's not relevant to, it's not relevant to black life. So now they have centric and other things that should run black shows. TV one, yeah. BET, I mean, that, the good part is BET gets to be just as raggedy as the other white networks. That's the good part. You've come this far. Right. You can you can turn part, out just like everybody else. Yeah, but the bad part is like, mm, ah, mm. It, it, they, they got VH1 now, too. You know, yeah, like, but all they have is Ratchet TV. I know, but I remember when VH1 was like uh, um, adult contemporary music. It was so good. Well, no, I remember when I was young and watched MTV, I was looking forward to the time when I was Thank like, you. oh, yeah, now I'm going to be watching VH1 because yes. the music is good. And it's like you just graduate into VH1 after a while, and then they stop and they started playing all that other mess. So I'm curious. Let's get back to talking about this film. I want to know, what would you like for people? You talked a little bit about just kind of wanting people to open up their understanding. Is there anything that you can point to that really will kind of resonate with people? And I don't want you to give too much away. Yeah, you know? um, I mean, there's always this argument that gay people are not born that way. Um, it's something that you... You choose the choice, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that the film sort of, you know, plays with that idea of is it a choice? Is mm-hmm. it inborn? Um, and how do you say it's a choice when someone has been struggling and it's, it's visible that this person has tried mm-hmm. not to be? You know what I mean? Like, um, so I feel like in that way, people would also see the struggle. So it's mm-hmm. not all... I mean, sometimes people just see the, oh, when gay people get to that point where they've accepted themselves. Mm-hmm. But they don't see for a the lot of turmoil. people, the, you know, the, the trauma that led to that. Because um, they think they just woke up in the morning and like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gay. Um, a lot of people... It's, it's not how it works. It's, there's a lot of um, difficulties coming out to their parents, at work, you know. So it's this. there's a lot of... Um, I'm not going to give anything away about the film, but there's a lot of, there's a dynamic that happens because he's someone who's well-loved by society. He's, he's a pastor who um, is loved by by the society even. It's just a pastor that has been able to relate with a lot of people who are not even religious. That's mm-hmm. the idea. Okay. And so he's sort of this person who's very relatable and loved. Because you really went he, there. Exactly. I know all about an African pastor. Because he runs a mentorship Ooh. program. He's changing the lives of young children who would have, you know, maybe be 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 involved in crimes mm-hmm. and, and drugs. And he's, you know, so changing their lives. All of these good things. And but then, then but then as soon as his sexuality get... comes out, you kind of see Mm, the other side. It becomes this is like, but this is the person who, mm. you know what I mean? It's, well, and it's kind of like you know when we have to live those multiple lives, those yeah. double lives. Like we can sometimes put on a good show yeah. for one of them, but when you take away like those that kind it's of like show, God never exists. yeah, yeah, it's completely you know you get to the raw person. It's completely mm. different. Mm. All righty, so I want to make sure that everybody knows where they can come out to see this film and where they can find out more information. Okay, so for those in New York, it's screen on the 4th of June at the Brooklyn Museum mm-hmm. at 7.30. Google the Brooklyn Museum website and you can t- see the full information of the address that um, 
the tickets are free. Yes. So you just free have to show up. 99. Show up and it's going to be a screen. Or you know, um, talk about it. It's have a, really a panel. a great movie, even if I say so myself. Yes. Um, I'm very proud of the filmmaker. I didn't direct this, I just wrote it. So I'm proud of the filmmaker. It's not even um, LGBTQIA. Person. Maybe, a, a maybe an ally. Yeah. Because now I'm making this film automatically is an ally. Yeah. But that's got to be interesting. Because you were talking about how the cast wasn't really LGBT no. and the director wasn't LGBT. I, mean, I don't know. That you that you can yeah that you can that you can identify right. Yeah. Um, put the tea out, honey. Put the tea out. Identify as LGBT. Right. So. Right. But they're and they're but they're telling the story. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting when you can find actors that really can yeah. tell the stories. Before then, I was convinced that no actor in Nigeria would take that script. Yeah. Oh, this is a Nigerian actor. You what? Know, this is a Nigerian actor doing this, your film. Yeah. Oh, I completely missed that. Uh, I was convinced. You need to go watch the trailer. It's called LL or High Water. No, I honestly thought it was about a Nigerian pastor. Oh, okay. It was filmed. It's a Nigerian actor. A famous Nigerian actor. Yeah. And watching the film, I'm like, why? And then I start seeing the guy in the different Try not like African films, for honey. For me, um, it's a lot of boldness because he could lose fans. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. But it's like, done no. and done. And there's a huge, like, movie culture in yeah. Nigeria, right? Yeah. A lot of people think Hollywood. of... Yeah. And we didn't, you know, we think of, like, L.A. and Hollywood is not the center. Like, we may, like, there may be in the beginning, but there's so many kind of movie cultural yeah. centers and... Oh, God, you know, like, Bollywood. Yeah, but Nollywood, Nollywood is still growing. I don't, yeah. think, I don't yeah. think it's on the level of Bollywood or Hollywood. Well, and this is not shade or anything. Yeah. Different level, but I mean. it's just, it's just the choose, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right now, we're just making a lot of video, video work mm-hmm. and some film. Some film. It's not like a really huge. I don't even know if there's a there's a cinema culture. Yeah. You know that's very prevalent. I see what in, you're saying. So it's like people are making things to put on screen, but it's yeah, not like there's like a like f- indie indie not, film culture. Okay. You know. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. I hope that you guys go and check out the event at Brooklyn Museum this uh, Thursday, on the on the fourth. No, so that would be Saturday. Yes. Yeah. And it's also screening in Nigeria the next day on the 5th of June. Ooh. It's a private screening, so you have to, it's strictly by invitation. Oh. It's at the Genesis Deluxe Cinemas in the Palms in Lekki, Lagos. I would be interested to see how that goes. You have to yeah. keep us updated and yeah. tell us how the reaction. are. And the cinema are. is like a huge that's awesome yeah. that's awesome yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to watch the press because I'm curious to see what yeah, they say what yeah. goes on well I can't be there so <laughs> <laughs> yes. I won't <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you so much Noni for giving us the insight on your film yeah. we're really excited yeah. to see it and you're gonna join us for the rest of the show we're gonna listen to a little bit more music I'm time it's time for some Whitney Houston okay. bless it we'll be on in just a moment you're listening to Queer State of Mind
Hello, hello, hello. We're back right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're listening to Queer State of Mind. That was Melanie C. I turn to you, the Hex Hector Club remix. Hello, can I get an amen? Oh, hello, Hex Hector. Hex Hector pretty much like spun my whole life from like 1998 to like 2003. Like, um, said the old bitch. Right. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so it's time for Moti. We got about 14 minutes left with you wonderful people and something happened over the internet this past (laughs) week that then just turned all of us like it's I and I'm sorry probably if you are not um of African American descent you may not or 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 southern south of the Mason Dixon. Yes or (laughs) south of the Mason Dixon you may not have no stake in this game. But how you like your grits, New York? I like my grits salty, savory with a little bit of cheese, maybe some onion, butter, pepper. How you like your grits, Justin? You know, I, I use I like the bastard um Sugar can't and even sugar say it. And it's so foul. It can't even foul. say it out loud. It is foul. It is sugar and butter. Yeah, I said. Okay, it. so there's been a debate and on the internet. Fear, I also put sugar and butter in my rice too. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? I don't like. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I, so, I'm getting the, the dirtiest looks here from the peanut gallery. There have been a big debate over the internet oh. about what you can oh. put in your grits. I don't know how this came up, but there was like a post on social media yeah. that somebody was like, you know, sugar does not go in grits. And I'm a, a firm say that. A believer. Say that. 
don't put no sugar in my grits uh, yeah. because I usually eat them with savory things. Like, like and, shrimp. Which are, it's shrimp. And, and my shrimp and grits are delicious. I Thank have you. a whole thing. Like, I cannot combine myself. sweet and savory. Like, if I have pancakes and eggs, like, they have to be on separate plates. They it's do it the same way. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't want my syrup to get on my savory things. Like, it's a thing. Uh-uh. And I, I recognize my I put my syrup issues, on my bacon, and it's delicious. But with mm-hmm. that said, I believe that grits should be savory. Now, if you like your sweet grits, that's fine. Yes, you buy them, you make them how you want to make them. That's fine. Well, my mother don't bring when, them to my house. You know what? When you came over to my house and you had my shrimp and grits, that was a bomb. Actually, your shrimp and grits is what got me back on the grits train because I hadn't had them for a few years. It had been a while because that's something you know my mom, and my grandma would make yeah. back in the day. And I ain't got time for twenty minutes to be stirring no grits, but I make the time now. Sure right. do. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know it's half and half. Half and half. Yeah. What do you mean? Instead of or or as you know the secret we like to put with rice a broth. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think you like a more savory grits, then definitely put use it with some broth instead of water. Oh yeah. But to get the creaminess, um, definitely some half and half. Some half and half. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And it would probably go really well with like the cheese too, and kind of make yeah. it like a very creamy oh, yes. cheese. So I'm gonna have to try some half and well, half. Well, yeah. Grits. Um, the grits I had had cheese in it. Yeah, I love them. Mm. I like I like my grits cheesy. Yeah, cheesy grits with shrimp. Yeah. Do you yeah. know do you eat grits? What yeah. you like? Do you like them cheesy? What you think? I do like shrimp and grits. I think they are delicious. But this whole situation with um, sugar and rice has got me shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I have. I have, when I, I was can't. a kid, I used to love sugar and no. rice. No. Yeah, okay. I did. Okay. But now you know I, I don't. Like, look, we're from Ohio. Okay. <laughs> um, this is just what we did until I discovered the joy of the jasmine rice. Because you know we only ate like minute rice. Or yeah. Su- or success. Riceland. Riceland. We got. We had the Riceland brown rice. Oh, yeah. oh yes. no. We owned oh, brown rice. Jesus Christ. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with brown rice? What's right with this? The question. It's everything. It's a good whole grain. It's not that parboiled nonsense. You know what's so funny is the fact that actually brown rice is actually the more traditional rice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it that, is. That's right. It's not like bleached. African countries and uh-huh. countries because it's fresh from the grain. Yeah. So white rice is like more of the Asian situation. Well, it's like <laughs> with no sugar. No, right. Well, I don't understand. Well, like, you know, if I'm gonna make a, right. uh, if I'm gonna. Make a, <laughs> No, he's like, shit, no, no. If I'm going to use my my success boiling bag, yes, y'all know all about the boiling bag. Yes, the boiling bag is wonderful. The boiling bag is everything. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea when I said that. You should let us know whether you like your grits or your rice with sugar or nah on our Facebook page or our Twitter page. I put sugar anyway, so shit, you know. cream of wheat. You don't like your rice with sugar. No. Okay, here's Okay, if I'm using like you know Uncle Ben's or something, yeah. But if I would get like the basic jasmine rice, which I normally tend to buy in my house. Does anybody eat rice for breakfast? Because I do. Yeah. Right. See, it's so funny yeah. because like when I will say like I eat yeah. like rice for breakfast, yeah. like rice and eggs, which is something that I got in the Philippines. Right. Like. People look at me like I don't understand. Like wh- it's just a grain that you like. You have any other grain? Why not rice? I don't put no sugar on it, but I will eat rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sometimes I, I just make a bowl of rice. Time every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. It's it's yep. wonderful. It is wonderful. What else is going on? Um. Um. Okay. Quick shout out because yes. we weren't able to get them on the show this week, but. Um, Habibi is this weekend. Oh yeah, tomorrow is the Arab gay party, and it's a good time. I'm not gonna lie. I would check it out because I love. First of all, I love like 
pan Middle Eastern music, so like yeah. Rai and like all of those like sounds, and then they those dance remixes just be the bomb. Uh oh, and then oh, let's say you got I, something to say. I wasn't gonna say anything main. I'm gonna say I have never been to the party. I don't feel I should go because I don't want to like be kicked out. <laughs> no, I think you can come to the party. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. You oh, oh to come at the I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> no, that's why. No, because I mean, I, I, it, it's one thing to go so there no. and say to you, like you appreciate and blah blah, and you want to go and kick it because you enjoy the music. It's another thing to fetishize it. To fetishize well, the people there. Well, it's not about. I mean, but uh, okay, yes, absolutely. You and are you're right about that's, this. That's a whole but, other story. I like, mean, you know, tell that to all these white queens that come to the black club on you know hip hop nights. Or they still do that? Comes, yeah. Where are the black clothes? That was the monster. <laughs> that, that, that that was, was the monster. monster. <laughs> but that's why I made it great. It was it was like yeah, a was host. it was like a bar in Akron, Ohio. I that was, was like, the fir- actually that was the first time in a New York bar that I'd seen such a mixed crowd in a gay bar. Like it was, it was really like old, crowd. young, black, white, Latino, Asian, everybody was, young, was there. Like you know, 2021, it was old. I think the bitch died the week before and she came <laughs> by anyway. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this side eye that we're getting she here. She just tried it. She tried to find it. I want to show more. Just yeah. your side eye. Just we have to do Facebook like. Live. Oh, yeah. We definitely have to do I Facebook Live. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I am no longer free. Right. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that we did want to talk about, which is kind of of a serious nature, a news story came out this week. There was a man who was convicted of a assault um, of a gay couple in Chelsea. At the Dallas BBQ. At the Dallas BBQ. And there is a lot of controversy about this case um, because original reports stated that this, you know, they essentially painted it as a hate crime. Uh, Yeah, the gay bashing. A gay bashing. But then they realized that the other person involved was actually gay, openly Mm -hmm. gay, and had been out for a while. Um, but it still seemed to be painted as, like, a, a gay bashing. Yeah. And, like, if you look at the media reports... Because they need the case, to keep that narrative. Yeah, well, that, that's the only way that the, the other people kind of get out of any type of retribution. Or, you know, this was a, this was a fight, essentially. Yeah. If you look at the video, and we're going to post the video on our website, um, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not, I'm not a police officer or prosecutor, but it didn't seem like... A bashing to me. It seemed no. like a fight that was instigated by the two people who were not charged right. with that. Assault is one thing, and you know, if it's right. assault, assault is assault. Right. You know? And now, you know, the girl did break a chair over her. Yeah. Like, and that's a thing. And right. you know, I get that. Like, this that's is not Jerry Springer. Right. So, like, but if if you're gonna hold one person accountable, you need to you hold, hold all, the whole, of them all of them. I think that um, the whole. Oh God, let me go ahead and just say it. Say it, girl. Um, it just came off as like. Poor skinny white twink gets bashed by, and she wasn't even poor either. Well, that's, here's the here's the, the way, headline. The way the media dated. Yeah, the way yeah. The media here's the headline from that. the New York Post, which you know, the New York Post. Take yeah. that what you will. A Manhattan jury Wednesday found a hulking six foot six defendant guilty of hurling a wooden chair at a gay couple during a melee inside a Chelsea rib joint. So they didn't mention he was gay too. Yeah. No, they didn't. They didn't mention he was not gay until Chelsea, later not in the Chelsea story. Not a Chelsea rib joint at that too. Yeah, and yeah. the <laughs> fact is, there were just dudes fighting. Dudes fighting. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. But here's the thing: Dallas he BD should BD not have hit that with a chair. That was that was a little extreme. Oh yeah, I think oh, how they clocked him in the face, got his butt like the chair. But and if the you spent minutes too much, rolling so around with people on the ground fighting and carrying on for several minutes. I don't know. Like, I might be trying to end a situation, and if there's well, a chair in my reach, oh, absolutely. hunty, 
of child. You know, what's African? Yeah, you, they we'll, will, we will find out where you're from and go start a war there. That's <laughs> <laughs> a scam on, so we'll never have this problem again. No, yeah, like, let's, like he, I can see he shit. wanted to end the situation. Yeah. Like, he didn't want it. He was finna leave. He's like, let's just, just end this, clap, and then go. Now, I'm not ab- ad- advocating violence. violence. But, but you know those queens. You know that type of mm-hmm. girl, especially in Chelsea. And then gonna go straight to the media. And like, yes, because she knows what she's and doing. Post a, a, a post a post a shortened version right. of what happened. Once again, these are girls who know how to manipulate mm-hmm. the media to their advantage mm-hmm. because you know, as you know, a white woman who needs her virtue <laughs> protected. A white woman who needs her virtue protected. And that's a really interesting Down. point that you made. When did? white gay males get that same treatment as the virtuous, innocent, white yeah. female ingenue. When we went mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> theme of the day. Yeah. Oh, damn theme it. Theme of the day. Right. Damn it. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, you can't. Well, and one of my friends posted, it's like, well, you always realize that blackness is going to trump gayness. And they're, you know, despite the fact that this person's gay identity, all they could see is that well, he's a big yeah, six foot six really. black man. Yeah, 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 in essence, yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was just hor- The whole situation was horrible. The whole situation I'm was horrible. I'm sure it shouldn't have gone there. I don't know who started what or how it started. Well, according Both to parts- the reports that the, the couple, one of the pers- people in the couple words. started it. Yeah. yeah, and then hit him with a purse. And then that's when the whole thing. Oh, well, now hold on. You hit a bitch with a purse, girl. That's war. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Um, purse first. Purse literally. first. Purse. Like, and that's what I Shout don't understand. If you literally take your purse isn't and that, hit that, somebody, isn't that assault. That is apparently assault. not. Not according to the Manhattan DA's office. Oh, I hope the appeal is going to be something special. Yes, I hope. Are, I hope they appeal and go after their family. We are in talks trying to oh, yeah, get in contact with the legal team um, for Mr. Elmer. <laughs> so hopefully we can get some more of this story. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah, agree. because it's like it's one thing. Where it's like clearly that somebody in that couple has connections somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss that because there's no way this would have escalated that well, way. They, unless like somebody, you said, they knew yeah. how to manipulate they it. Knew they, how, knew they knew who to knew contact. They knew what yeah. they were doing. And now there is actually no, there's no defense to what this um, this MF did, honey. Mm-hmm. Now he sh- yeah, he shouldn't have been throwing no chair right. or someone all of that because that's on call for. Uh, but the whole situation, I think, what needs to happen is the whole situation needs to be brought to light. Literally, and people are held accountable for their part in it. Granted, I mean, this could have ended up much worse with you know mm-hmm. someone probably losing their life or something else. So we got to take that into perspective. You know, but I mean, girls in the rib. You, you got know. you're gonna have to. Okay, uh, this is no shit. Not to be stereotypical. If you see a, a big black man eating his rib, honey, don't go hit him. Don't with your curse. Right, <laughs> right. and don't be cute too with that too. Right. Just leave him there. Be like, you know what now? <laughs> right, because he ain't trying to mess with you. Or not only that, because the food ain't that great. But oh. the fact of the matter is, you paid for it. The food is great, and we'll lead sponsors. We'll take. Okay. Food. <laughs> the drinks are amazing. <laughs> I go there. We call it get them. No, that is great. They the do have great drinks. Are the truth. All right, but, so before we go, I want to make sure to talk yes. about this event that's coming next Thursday, June 2nd. We've got a lot of events coming up. It's yes. Pride. I'm so happy. So our friends at Callum Lord are hosting a fundraiser called Roar at the Central Park Zoo on Thursday, June 2nd. It draws over a thousand guests each year. It's food, drink. They're looking for people to volunteer, and you can also still purchase tickets. The event is from 6 to 9. If you want more information, you can visit callum-lord.org slash roar, or you can call 212-271-7623. Guys, it's the end of the show. Thank our guests. Yes, yes. thank you so much. I'll put you out to Queen's Pride. Any last words on Queen's Pride? Yes. Just looking forward to seeing y'all Sunday, June 5th. Queenspride.org for more info. Yes, thank yes. you so much, Andrew. In our movie? 
Yeah, come out, come one, come all. Yes, Hell make sure or high you check water. out Hell or High Water showing in Brooklyn next week. Make sure to join us next week. We'll be joined by our friends from Brooklyn Pride Ooh. to kick off our Brooklyn Pride celebration. We are celebrating Pride all across the borough, y'all. All across Girls. the city. <laughs> I know, I was about to say boroughs, but that's why I led into all across the city. I can speak. Damn yeah. it. You're Link listening with, to Queer Link State of it. Mind. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ori Givens. Tune in again next week at noon for more live queer talk and fabulousness. Bye. <laughs>